Well, hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Really happy Monday, I guess. Right, Moan? Yeah. I, I vetoed it, DK. I decided to put the first comment up there. I love this on the Victory Monday two days after dub, man. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it, man. Even When are yens going to learn? That's what they said, DK. That's what oh, we're talking towels here. If you're a member, let's have some towel emojis today, like all day long, everyone. Oh my over god! In the YouTube super chat. There's uh, why? Why do they do it, Moan? Why? I have no. And it's cute, and they get by for a little while. They do get by for a little while, right? But then you lose five out of the last six games, and you do not win your division when you were eight and three to start that thing off. DK, mm -hmm. can we just funny. start the show from there, man? Can we? Is that what you like to do? I'd rather, man, just go ahead and get this thing going because I can be petty for a very long time. You ready? I am. So the Steelers are headed to the playoffs, you might have heard. He's Ramon Foster, 11-year starting guard in the National Football League. All 11 of those. For the Pittsburgh Steelers. One organization, baby. Let's do it. One organization. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports here in downtown Pittsburgh. Steelers and Bills Sunday, 102 p.m. in Orchard Park, New York. Playoffs, as Jim Mora once famously spoke. Only this one's not quizzical. They're really gone, Moan. They're 10 and 7, and I dare say they deserved it. They they did. They did. They earned this one, DK. And for the the Debbies in here, man, no disrespect to all the Debbies around the world. Just your name is correlated with a Debbie Downer, not you specifically. Uh, Debbie could be richer. Debbie could be a Ramon. But what I'm telling you is we got no time for Debbie Downers today. They earned this, DK. They absolutely did. They found a solution in Mason, albeit late. Whatever the case may be for us, DK. But they found a way to play. They found a way to fight. They found a way to make plays. Okay. And whether you want to say they got, hey, we're coached up better, the play calling, whatever it is, do not take away from those guys on the field. No matter how you feel about Coach Sullivan, Faulkner, Tomlin, uh, Terrell Austin, no matter who and how you feel about those dudes, those guys on that field absolutely earned this because Baltimore could have dropped the ball. Oh, we could have dropped the ball against Baltimore. We could have also lost last week's game and the game before that too. You won the games that matter, and those guys went out there even to the West Coast with Seattle, DK, and won that game, too. Because if you drop any of those last three, yes, oh, K2B, get it. Yep. we're done. We're done. So at, le at least respect the players enough to be like, they earned that. Well, I mean, it, there's not, as, as you know infinitely better than I do, there's not much separation between the players and the coaches when it comes to a locker room atmosphere, is there? No, it's not. Not in football. It's all one group. And you know why? Hmm. I'm pointing to my ears because you hear it coming from the players. Mason said it in his press conference after the game. Coach Thomas got a way of making you run through that wall. Like everybody has said, it. he's got a way of making you, uh, 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 he, he got a way in making you drink the Kool Aid. Like everybody said that. And it's a matter of playmaking. The right players matter. And, of course, the execution of all that stuff. But you can't say that that team didn't look coached up. You can't say that it didn't look like there's a different wave on how they play, both off offensively. We got dudes on the defense, DK, that weren't on the team not even a half a season ago 
this year that are making plays for you. Miles Jack retired. <laughs> he did. <laughs> you know, Mike Tomlin was out on the field Thursday or uh Boy, they keep changing the days. I know Monday over the over the weekend in Sunday? Baltimore, oh, oh. and he gave a, a special salutations right out there on the field to both uh, Miles Jack and Marcus Rowe off the couch. He's yelling yeah. off the couch. <laughs> um, that's that's first of all, that's a very Mike Tomlin thing to do is to to show a couple of guys or to highlight a couple of guys who just came in and became part of the family, but then became a vital part of the family yeah. uh, instantly. This isn't like coming in and being on the practice squad or coming in and, you know, even special teams or whatever. They're out there on a starting defense. They are. Um, that's, that's something it's, it's a, the last three games. I love the way you're emphasizing it too, because you've been part of these as a player, you've been part of these Decembers where things yeah. just, take but, off mm -hmm. how I, how is it so important in football how is it more discussed in football i feel like than in any other sport that way that you finish that way that you enter the playoffs that momentum i, I think it coincides with almost every sport but football specifically because you're so beat down at the end of the year I know my basketball brother, Ron, and say the same thing. Well, basketball, we're beat down too. But the physicality of football at the end of the year is where you got to somewhat trick yourself. You got to really talk to yourself about what it means to continue to go fight again, DK. That's why catching a win streak in late November, in December, going into January means so much because whatever you convince yourself personally and then as a team needs to be the catalyst that stick moving forward. That's why I coach out. They remember what you do in December, right? Always, because if you go on the win streak, you're feeling real doggone good about yourself. I got two teams right now that are very highly questionable. One AFC, you probably know who it is. One NFC, that's very problematic right now, DK. And they were really good in the first half of the season. Jacksonville Jaguars. And then they end up losing at the end of the season, five of their last six. And right, right now, the NFC East team that lost the NFC East yesterday or last night, your Philadelphia Eagles. Dude, confident. Do you collapse yeah. right now? That's why going into the playoffs, you're not guessing how you're going to play. You're not guessing how to win because that's all we've been doing is winning. If we lose, then man, we must have got outplayed today. You don't question the method no more, DK, because this late in the season, I know what it takes to win. Philly can't say that. Okay, the Cowboys can right now, and neither can Jacksonville. They both nose-dove, DK, nose-dived when it came to December football. That's interesting. But from the other perspective, because you're you're undisputably right about every one of those teams that you mentioned, when you're looking at what the Steelers have done over these last three weeks and when you look at the Mason-Rudolph component in isolation within that, yeah. okay, not – taking anything away from Najee Harris or anybody else who's contributed here, but he's the diff, like the literal difference, meaning somebody else was playing his position before him. So that's what I mean when I say yeah. the difference. He's yeah. different. When you look at all that, can you or have you already asked yourself, um, who would want to face these guys? Like, I, I don't look at Buffalo last night and watching that game against the Dolphins yeah. and go, Oh no, 
it's the scary old Bills. They they don't look particularly great. And here's they needed that game too. It ain't like oh, they just yeah. rolled the dice out no. and said, "Hey, well, we'll win." No, they tried to win that game. No, there was just nothing there, man. I mean, they got it at the end. You know, almost yeah, they, like they, old, old school Steelers style, like where you do mm-hmm. nothing, but then in the last drive, you 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 take it down the field. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, and 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 so that's fascinating too. Watching uh, Sean McDermott and Josh Allen, the quarterback, go back and forth. His halftime speech that he gave was, "We were fine while we were doing basically what I said we should do," and then Josh. Josh decided to go too far and decided to make plays with his legs and go outside the pocket and try to do acrobatic stuff. I think they do have a divisiveness between the two. I do think there's something in between McDermott and Josh Allen. Why? Because dude that comes to my show here in Nashville, Ty Dunn, wrote a big article on them and how Sean McDermott is with those dudes in Buffalo. Winning cures a lot and covers a lot up, too. But here's the thing. When Josh Allen starts to go rogue, that's when Sean McDermott looked like he's a little ticked off. You heard it in his halftime speech. It was apparent. He doesn't like him doing those things. And I think he feel like they feel better when he's in the pocket. He knows where the ball is going and his receivers know where they need to line up at. Looking at him and Stefan Diggs, right? So we're speaking about quarterback to quarterback and how I feel about what Buffalo presents. I honestly was looking for the Buffalo game. One, because Coach T knows McDermott good enough. I think the where you can understand how to break down Josh Allen and when it comes down to our defense, and this is so early in the week, golly. Uh, yeah. But when it comes down to the defense and how you attack them, you must. I think you feel better about facing them, even going to Buffalo, DK. When we come back, we will navigate the only section that actually, the only segment. Yeah. Why did I say section? Because it's Monday. It is, it is Monday. <laughs> the only segment that actually matters, Moan. But that's hey, Moan. We'll be back. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Oh, my goodness. We have uh, Chad asking who's going to win the college football championship game tonight, which only makes me wonder, college football still going on? Really? Like, that's a thing? It's it's January. And, and shouldn't they have just ended the entire concept of college football when the team that was like 13-0 and was left out of their, their mythical playoff? I love, I love your separation of pro and college oh sports, DK. God. Oh, that seriously, is so there's good. a game. There is tonight, DK. There's no Monday night football out of respect oh. for college football uh, uh, championship. Come on, man. Well, you know what there is out of total disrespect for <laughs> mythical college football championship: Penguins versus Flyers tonight in Philadelphia. There's a game for you. Go watch that. Not, not this thing where they don't let a 13 and 0 team into their fake little playoff here. George Vukovic comes in and says, Hey, Moan, seeing uh, George Pickens being a pro on Saturday was very encouraging. How much of that is his relationship with Mason Rudolph, if at all? Can a quarterback really influence a volatile guy like George? Uh, or is it Mike T? You're both. I think it's both. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean to leave yeah. that off. Yeah, oh, yeah. It- Tomlin possibly as well, or both. I think both of them play a part in this. I do. One, I think the message to Mike T, again, just go back to that do freaky crap 
what do you say often or whatever that, that famous quote is yeah do it like it's clockwork is basically what he's probably been telling george all this year it's just that george hadn't got the ball i always say this a wide receiver's worth is based upon the quarterback giving him the ball how many times have you heard me say that dk mm-hmm. when they act like divas it's because they're not getting the ball their job is is predicated on the quarterback giving them the ball what was the first thing that mason did when he got in there dk he got oh, yeah. he fed. the ball. He fed. So when you feed your guy like that, your guy will do more. Don't ask me how is it acceptable or not. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that. The wide receiver is based upon you getting him the ball. Why is Stefan Diggs acting the way he is on the field? A lot of people yeah. will trade two players to get Diggs right now, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, didn't even notice him. But you don't notice him because but he's acting out. Stefan Diggs mm-hmm. is running down the field saying he's open. Mm-hmm. When you give wide receivers what they need, they'll do whatever you want. That's just a position. So I think it is a little bit of Mason. But what, I had this conversation earlier this year about Kenny Pickett, too. Kenny has to be a big enough leader, have big enough earmuffs, and have big enough cojones to be able to say, I'm going to this guy, and there's nothing you can tell me about it today. He never found his number one. I think the way we look at the way the players have kind of set up, even though George didn't have a lot of yards last game, George won Deontay two and uh, Pat about a three, depending on the opponent. I, I will say that as far as George Pickens goes from being out there in Baltimore, that it, he was way upbeat, even more than whatever it was that you got to see on camera uh, he was very much into the team spirit. Uh, Mason Rudolph at one point came across the locker room, gave him a, a, a hug, and just said, love you, man. Uh, there were players around the room, including Deontay Johnson, who were praising. And Deontay is his locker mate. They're right next to each other uh, all the time for games. And Deontay, you know, Deontay standing there answering questions about a 71-yard touchdown to win the game. And George is just, you know, why? Because it was made clear to him, and I'm positive this was a Mike Tomlin thing, although it was reinforced, obviously, by others. George was told beforehand, they're going to take you out. John Harbaugh is not going to – they know Harbaugh the same way he knows them. We saw Harbaugh do it with Levy on belt. Oh, my God. Remember that one game down there, Moan? Yeah. Oh, my God. They weren't going to let Lev get six inches. No way. No way. They stack it. (laughs) The good coaches do. Oh, it was they. You had three guys lining up in your face. Yeah, I mean, sure it didn't happen. Come when on, he, I'm... when when he wants to take you out, he'll take you out. And they they told George beforehand, this is what's going to happen here. Now, here, George is why it helps the team. Here is why you've achieved something in this league to get that kind of treatment, right, Moan? Yeah, it is, and and that's that good stuff that you do on the field. Is that and it's also your division opponent, right? Mm-hmm. That that actually does matter. Like watching AB go, it's like save the game. I hadn't heard the end of it against for Baltimore people. I hadn't heard the end of how we used to move the line of scrimmage on them. So when you say we're gonna pick one and hopefully that one can't beat us, that one this past weekend just happened to be George Pickens. Baltimore took him out as far as his stat line goes, but in these moments, and I'll be honest, in a wet game like it was this past Saturday. I did not have a 71-yard touchdown on my bingo card. No, but what a play, <laughs> man. 
man. Don't get me started on that play. Please, I want to because you get me started in moments. Okay, uh, I need to hear what you, what was going through your mind. Did I text you after that? You did. I did. <laughs> you did. And I knew it was coming. Our period Foster comes popping into my phone. Uh, but when you see it, and then you talk to these guys afterward, and you get the details on this play, which, by the way, uh, Deontay Johnson uh, himself told me that that's something that the Steelers came up with. They worked on it in practice all week long. It was a new play. Yeah. So that's not one of those where you say, oh, they pulled that out of the Matt Canada book. Uh, they made that happen. And they practiced it. They believed in it. They saw a situation. Uh, Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner did in-game where they, yeah. they liked the read. Pat Fryermuth told me that part. They liked the read. They liked where the, the Ravens' defense was. So Fryermuth goes out. He runs a deliberate hook. He's never the target. Mm -hmm. Mason is to look off at Fryermuth in hopes of drawing not only direct coverage, but also, and this is stuff that quarterbacks talk about all the time. He they talked want, about it like it was talking about his how to spell his name, didn't he? Yeah. It was easy to him. They, they want the safeties to just lean funny. They don't even need you to bite. They just need you to think about leaning, okay? Both of Baltimore safeties did that, and this is where Deontay's part is beautiful. He goes running through the two safeties because they both go like bookends, whoop, like this, okay? Deontay goes through them because they bit on Mason and Fryermuth setting the play up well. And then, moan, yeah, the throw, me. the throw. Talk to is me, DK. Just perfect. Yeah. And and that, that's the part that that's the part that you can't replicate. That's the no. part that you can't sit there and scheme up on a Monday afternoon on the south side. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, DK. Uh that, that that's good stuff. I, can I can I go there real quick too? Go, yeah, it's your show. Have uh have have we had that conversation with the previous quarterback, the young nope. fella? I mean, look, I don't want to sit here and make I, this into a Mason yeah. Kenny thing all day long, but like we've seen Kenny make good throws. That throw that Mason made was that was a big league national football league throw. Yeah. That had that if, if he look, if he misses it, those two safeties are still in the vicinity. Oh. Okay. But he has to thread the literal needle like their field goal posts to get it to Deontay, and he did. It was just beautiful. Oh my. Oh my. Let's talk about the left guard here. Kia Kia says. Kia says, "Hey Moan. Isaac Salmalu's wrecking it right now, isn't he?" We asked on this show Friday, "Hey Moan, who was your uh favorite to have a best game of the offensive line?" And people said I was biased because he wore number 73. Yeah, uh -huh, I remember that. It was this. it was Isaac. You remember that conversation? I do actually. <laughs> Those type of games, you understand that. Isaac gets it, man. And they were gonna have to go at him. He had a mean trap block on the score, if I'm not mistaken. He, did. he held his on all the way throughout the course. You saw him pushing the pile, and then he go right back to the huddle. Like he's a pro about it. It sucks that you had to wait till later in the season and change of quarterback to see this for the entirety of the season, but you knew he can play. Again, when if if you're moving two steps forward and three back most of the time, you, you it makes you want to figure out what the heck you are and what you're doing too as a pro. Isaac, yeah, deserves it. He he's doing his thing. It was observed after the game that even Isaac was smiling. Ooh. More <laughs> he's not that. He is 
he it's it's funny because he he can be a funny guy and whatever else, but he's not one of those like just go around ha ha haing. Oh, uh, pr- pretty serious dude. And and he's become a, a good football player. The offensive line, I don't believe as a whole, had a good game. Yeah. No. They uh, had I, some I understand moments. the conditions are horrible, but uh Mason was under duress a lot. He was. He was in that game. And, he was. and still made still made some things happen here. Uh that's what Xavier wants to know from you here. How much fun has it been to watch this offensive line in general lately, especially it, with the run push? So here's the thing. It's been fun. I think the run game has really stepped it up a notch. It has. Their ability, I think, as of late to move the line of scrimmage has probably been the most impressive. But here's the thing, too, that I will say. Najee looked like he's caught his check the second stride. Jalen Warren has, too. These tight ends, as you said last time in the uh, Seattle game, they've embraced even more blocking also. So what we're seeing out of them is a collective of everybody doing their job in the run game also. And again, let's remember, we, we Dan Moore has some hiccups. Other guys had hiccups as far as protection goes. Winning just puts frosting on it for a little while. Okay? You're able to excuse the Davian Clowney or whoever getting close to Mason in those moments because you won. They got some issues still. But I don't want to wet blanket them at all by trying to say they aren't better. They're doing a whole lot better. And, of course, even in those times in which Mason is having to make those magical throws in the pocket, there's pressure there. But here's the other side of it, too. It's easier to block for a guy when I know where he's going to set up at, when he's not panicking behind me. So, of course, it probably has settled them. Has Dan Moore been perfect? Absolutely not. Neither has Broderick. Neither has Isaac. Neither has uh, has James Daniels. And we know Mason Cole, although I think he's had some way better snaps. He had good snaps in Baltimore. Yeah, especially, again, under the circumstances here. Uh, I mentioned to you guys Deontay Johnson and talking about the play. I happen to have that queued up here for you. Ready? Let's do it. How perfect was the throw? Oh, it was perfect. Right between the two defenders. Uh, it was on me right where I needed it so I can be able to body catch it and keep it, catch it in stride and uh, score. Body catch it and catch it in stride are the, are the things. And he also talked about threading the needle between the two safeties here. I have did a, you, I have a quick, bad. Go ahead. Did you pick up on his smirk and he had to bring himself back there for a second? He had he, to. He was about to know. smile. Not allowed to say nice things and about he, Mason. I know how that. You goes. saw it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go, go. Yeah, I know. I go know. ahead. I just but had when, to point it out. But when you look at, I have a feeling, and this was true for me live as well from the press box. I have a feeling that when you see. A throw like that, those conventional TV angles where it's just from the side, you know, yeah, that you don't appreciate what had to actually happen on that throw. It's not until you see the angle that's from behind, which I, I didn't have in Baltimore. I didn't see it until no. a lot later that you see, oh, man, he had to really put that in there. It had to be just the right everything. And in a monsoon, moan, worst weather I've ever covered for an athletic <laughs> event. And, yeah. and and he got it there. I've never seen a game that consistently mm-hmm. rain. I, I think the last one was maybe a year or two before I got to Pittsburgh, the Miami game where the ball stuck in the ground. Is that probably the last one? And that one's just like soggy, was wasn't bizarre. it? Yeah, that okay. was like playing a game in Iceland or something, you know, with all those that goofy tundra that rolls all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's different. Yeah. Uh, Chris comes in and says, hey, Moan. 
Who do you start? Marcus Golden or Nick Herbig? I say Golden, a veteran and more complete. Herbig on the more obvious passing downs. It's a good question. That is a great question. Meaning, of course, but Chris is referring, of course, to TJ Watt. There's no chance he's going to play in this game. So it's, it's we're talking about who plays opposite Alex Highsmith. It's probably Marcus Golden to start off. I would expect. Oh, he he's a veteran, and again, you got to think about. Um, you got to think about also the load that Nick Herbig is going to have to just either put on the back burner because he's a primary special teamer. That's going to have to be his role, especially being a young rookie. Uh, so I expect it to be Marcus Golden, but I'd ex- I'd also say Nick Herbig will have a lot of reps at outside rushing too. He is, and at this point, I'd almost say he's a specialty with what you're asking out of uh, Nick Herbig because he's mostly a rusher. The run stopping is where we have to be good in the absence of T.J. Watt. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, Phil, Phil wants to know why is there an exclusive NFL playoff game on Peacock streaming? Um, go ahead, Moan. They got to pay the bills. That's yep. the deal. That, that That is the deal right there. Is the, that where we're streaming on? That's no, not Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. uh, that, what everybody say. was freaked out about here last night was the possibility that the Steelers would have been the team going to Kansas City on Saturday night. That is the game that will be streaming only. Now, in the Pittsburgh area, the game would have been shown on a local affiliate. They're not ready to risk people coming to kill them. Okay? (laughs) So they find a way to at least placate that group. But for the rest of the country, it's streaming only. Yeah, for sure. And that still applies for the Kansas City game. Can, can I get a rumor real quick, too, just out of the mm-hmm. way? I see something. I won't even put it up on there, but it's a reaction to Mike T. might step away. Here's the thing. There's so much stuff going on on these coaching searches this week. Everybody's a candidate to see the be hired, traded, fired, or not, okay? I don't even want to discuss that even further until we know what the playoffs is like. Not a coach stepping away after building something up like this. So that's just that on that to me, DK. I just mm-hmm. need to hit that one. Evan says uh, – George Pickens is just happy that he has a quarterback who can showcase his abilities. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, George George is in a is in a good frame of mind. And I don't think George doesn't want to be a bad teammate. He doesn't want to be a guy that he walks into the room and isn't loved. Yeah. So when he's hearing all week long, not all day long, all week long, George, if you just do your thing, man, if you take two guys with you, we're going to win this game. Yeah. Okay? That's it, because you have worked your rear end off to become this and that to the point where they have to double you, and that's how it's going to go, you know? It is, man, and and there's no other way around it, too. Uh, again, you can get 1,000 yards by getting 60, 120, 50 yards here, 87 there. So it's not like he's got to crush it and get 200 yards receiving every game. It's a matter of the team winning, the concept behind that, and him growing as a pro. Next for him will be what run after catch and all those types of things, DK, which we're starting to see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jerry Yeager wants to know, hey, Moan, do you think this is a chance for Mason Rudolph to keep going even more, meaning past this season? Yes, it does. I think it means that. Uh, he set himself, <laughs> he has set himself up as DK does the Johnny Manziel money emoji, I mean, money motion for at least a deal. Is it in Pittsburgh? Who knows? But you can't deny what he's doing. He won a on-the-road West Coast game, game against the divisional foe, and then a wet game in Baltimore, despite the circumstances. You ain't have Lamar. The game wasn't like it was a blowout. Anyway, he had to play ball. Managed it well. 
thought the tosses were a little hot at times. But as far as asking them to do what you want to, and you're uh, a mature dude, he's doing yeah. what you want. It's hard not to say, Jerry, he won't get a shot somewhere, even in Pittsburgh. It's been three weeks now. It's three weeks of significantly adverse conditions, meaning three opponents with winning records, three opponents that have impressive people on the defensive side of the football, whether it's Trey Hendrickson from Cincinnati, Bobby Wagner in Seattle, uh, the entire Baltimore defense. I know they didn't have Roquan and everything, but they still have one of the game's best coordinators and everything else. And then the monsoon, two of them on the road, one of them on the West Coast. And I have people saying to me, well, let them battle it out in preseason. Wait a second. Do you really think preseason is a better barometer of football <laughs> than what we just saw? Or for that matter, what we're about to see in Buffalo? Who's who thinks stuff like this? It's yeah. preseason versus the ultimate competitive National Football League games, you know? Yeah. And and, and this is your team. Like the, the story of this thing is Mason Rudolph has led this team into the playoffs. Is that not fair, DK? Is, is mm. that the story of the last month? It's I, I hate to do that and then leave Najee Harris out. I know. Like, especially I, since I was critical of Najee at different points over the season. Same what here. he's done and what he did in Baltimore, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty special stuff. So, But yes, as I mentioned earlier, Mason is the player who's different. He was not in there before. Right. Right. I could go on and on and on and on about that. Chris says, hey, Moan, are you ready to suit up for your Buffalo revenge game? (laughs) Nah. I think it might be a (laughs) snow game, too. I just want to see them smack Josh Allen around. That's all I'm looking for without TJ. Like, I, I, I know what we're up against. Well, that on that point, Jerry Valtanen comes in from from Finland and says, hey, Moan, how do we stop Josh Allen? Do you spy with Mark Robinson? Uh, you could or should, but Mark Robinson being out there is maybe somewhat of a liability depending on what personnel. He played really well. He did play really well. He smacked some folks around too. And he dog blitz really good too. Um, Hey, it's just a fun story from the locker room. I actually have the video of this, but it's like two and a half minutes long. So I'm not going to do that. And Landon Roberts, I queued him up on Mark Robinson. Oh my God, Moan. It was like. He just wouldn't. I'm like, I'm looking at my battery on a phone, and I'm like, hey, Landon, hey, whoa, enough. But he's he's just going on and on about this kid. He loves him. He said he reminds me of me when I first came into the league. He's raw. He can. The one play, the one that you're talking about, where yeah. he went into the backfield and 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 took care of business. And Landon said, I thought I had myself in a pretty good position. I'm feeling pretty good about where I was there. And the next thing I see to my right is. And he goes, what is that? There it goes, 93. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. But, it, again, I don't know, DK, and we'll get more answers this week. You finally got a game on a Sunday. Minka being back, Casey, like a lot of those things. And here's the thing. So I think, the, if I'm not mistaken, Buffalo lost their left tackle during the game too. They had some injuries in that Miami game or the week before. So they got some stuff that they got to worry about also. So, it's going to be a fascinating matchup, but you do get that extra day considering we played on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll get into the matchup, you know, and and predictions and all that other stuff uh, all, all over the course of the whole week. Yeah. Um, but when you're talking about 
just feeling good right now, Moan. You can see that in this commenting section. You can see it and hear it, read it from the Steelers themselves and where they are. Just tell me about how much that alone means, just that positive mindset. Oh, it's in the locker room. So much, DK. Again, we talk about that mo, right? Momentum. How how that goes out. Like, and, and it, it really does boil down to you getting closer as a team. Those nonverbal communication skills that you have because you're playing well together, that matters in these moments right here when you win, DK. You understand the method that if I continue to do this, 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 and this, if this doesn't mess us up, then we're good. Like those things line up, DK. That positivity of winning, it matters because again. Coaches will tell you, our game is is football. That's what we do. The business of how everything goes forward is based upon wins. You got a historical franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers matched up a historical franchise like the Buffalo Bills. Can you imagine what the league is saying about that? So can you imagine the feeling that the players have about that when they were dead in the water? They Mm -hmm. were. That's been the main buzz in there is that we were left for dead. Cam Hayward brought it up. Other guys did. That's how they feel right now. Uh, they feel like they they were able to show everybody what they feel is like the ultimate resilience. Yeah. Uh, that after those two and ten losses, not that those were our fault, but they they, they, they have the ability to bounce back from that and, and, and get it done. And they really, really did, you know? They, they uh, did. Somebody's bringing up here a lot of people actually that Mason Rudolph went 18 of 20 in a monsoon. Hang on. One of those incomplete passes might have been his prettiest pass of the day. That was that deep ball to Deontay down the left side. It was right in front of me. So I can attest to this personally. Uh, Deontay actually slowed down, just put his right arm in that guy's torso, and he didn't need to. He just needed to keep running. So Mason had one bad ball out of 20 in a monsoon uh moan we have to cut today's program short oh we're already so, there you know, we're already there oh. look at the time yeah we have to cut it short so we're gonna do a real quick outro here for everybody and then come right back all right for sure you're gonna try to take care of some business here as much as we can here uh Brian came in with a comment here that everyone can read. Buffalo should have lost on purpose. <laughs> I don't know about that one here. Uh, Autumn echoes something Ramon told me before we got going. Don't disrespect. Don't disrespect the towel, baby. The Hacksonville Jaguars. There's no benefit to it, you know. Absolutely not. It, this just doesn't make any sense, you know. The barber came in and gifted uh, some some memberships here to you guys make sure you have those turned on peripheral saint did the same thing brian yeah. smith did likewise all of those are appreciated um and then papa ray comes in look at papa ray showing wait a second yeah hey 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 enough of the whistles man uh i appreciate that papa ray and all we're thinking about, Moan, is that he's fam- he's got family business to take care of here to see the young one uh, participate in some athletics. The oldest uh, day, yeah. Demond, we promise we're going to be getting to the matchup against the Ooh. Bills. Moan, in 10 seconds or less, Cat Manita wants to know about that Saints fake victory formation, which turns out, by the way, that it was entirely Jameis Winston's concept. Freaking That's James. hilarious. He had <laughs> Coaches had no idea. It's hilarious. Thoughts on it? 
you can't do that. Unless there was a major incentive in, on it, you can't do that. Now, if the running back at the time had a million dollars on the line, DK, I'm handing it off. And I think the coaches would understand that too. For them to do it just because they ran the ball to the one, Jameis. That's all he that was his only excuse too was well, we ran the ball all the way to the one. What are we gonna do? Start? Yes, yes, you are gonna stop. Uh, it's comical. That's that's the only answer. It's comical. No, that's that's it 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 was clown shoes. Actually. It was. Yeah. It yeah, was that, that that's what that was. It it made only one person look bad, and that was Jameis Winston. I laughed so hard, though. But it was funny. It was funny. Oh yeah, Jameis. You know oh. what? Atlanta Atlanta's head coach had ended up having a really bad day anyway. So and night. He got fired right after midnight. That's what I meant. <laughs> oh, oh okay, God. yeah. Yeah, right after midnight he got fired. Yeah. All right, guys, Moan has to take off family business. We will be back with another one of these tomorrow. We are pumped for playoff week. I can promise you that. Yeah. Never go full Jameis. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Never go full Jameis. He ain't going to be in New Orleans next year, man. Golly. Tomorrow, guys. See you, good people.